Good morning. Welcome to Pigeon Post. My name is Michael. Thanks for joining us. Um, I wasn't planning on doing a post this morning. I've got about oh, maybe 15 minutes left in my commute here. And uh, <clears throat> you can hear my nice morning voice. A little bit of um, uh, post-nasal drip going on. Sorry about that. But listen, I, I just feel like... Uh, my heart's about to burst right now. I was listening to um, Al Mohler's The Briefing. Um, so if you don't have that on your podcast uh, rotation, you should definitely subscribe to Al Mohler's The Briefing. Um, it's current topics from a Christian worldview. And uh, I really don't even know what I'm going to say right now. But I have to, I have to say something, and I think... Part of the strength of, um, I think, part of the strength of this podcast is, uh, ironically, not so much the Bible study part, but um, the part, the motivational um, part, which might sound weird for me to use that word, but when God graciously gives us a feeling, um, we don't operate based on feelings. However. God does, by His Spirit, stir us up, we see in Scripture, that our spirit gets stirred righteously. Al Mohler's The Briefing for today, this is Friday, uh, December 13th. It's funny, when uh, when I hit play, I was, li- I was listening to Al Mohler's intro, and he says, uh, this is The Briefing with Al Mohler, it's Friday... December 13th, and I was thinking, he should. the next thing he should say is, and I'm about to ruin your day. Um, just kidding. But it is a uh, critique, right? It's telling you what's going on in the world. And uh, first of all, just a little note about like end times or last things, eschatology um, kind of stuff. I find myself leaning more and more towards um, like a, a post-millennial view, um, but I don't know, okay? Um, but it really boils down to whether you think scripture is optimistic or pessimistic. And uh, that's kind of in itself reductionistic. There are times when um, we need to be optimistic and hopeful. And it's really not about like how we're feeling at that point in time, but about the truths that we know. Um, and the truth that I think uh, post-millennialism um, really uh, champions is the truth that Jesus, right now, if you ask somebody, what is Jesus doing right now, you'd get strange looks, probably more strange looks than even answers. Um, some people would say he's dead in the grave. And some people would say that he's alive, he's in heaven. Well, what is he doing, though? What is he doing right now? Well, the Bible teaches that right now God is putting all things under his feet. He's defeating the enemies of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that, just read Psalm 2. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 are about Jesus Christ, not about you. Psalm 1 is not about you, it's about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ fulfilled Psalm 1 uh, when he came and fulfilled all righteousness. 
and all those who are in him, in the blessed man, get all the blessings. Uh, that's from Ephesians 1. And Psalm 2 is about the installation of the king, who is also the son. And you can look and see the parallels between Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. They read as if they're one psalm, or if Psalm 2 is like a sequel to Psalm 1, um, because it mentions the scoffers. Now, it says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Jesus, we often think, especially in this season, Christmas season, is meek and mild. But brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is a warrior. He is, uh, read Revelation, he is coming on a white horse. And depending on how you interpret that, that has already happened in some sense because he is already reigning. I'm not saying the second coming has already happened. Don't hear me wrong. I'm saying that Jesus is already already ruling and reigning over the universe. We know from Hebrews that he holds all things together by the word of his power. We know that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. That's what he says before he sends the disciples out to be his witnesses. And I'm on fire today. I don't mean that in like, hey, look at me, I'm on fire. I don't mean that in the normal sense that religious people or sports people mean it. I mean that I just feel like my heart's about to burst. Because uh, Al Mohler was talking about Planned Parenthood coming into schools and indoctrinating children with their agenda. And me as a teacher, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I even say God. Um, you know, uh, some of my students are, at least one, you know, is a vocal atheist, you know, and will mention uh, that. On a, almost on a daily basis. Ironically, Al Mohler also uh, refers to an article uh, today that says, and this is by a researcher who I don't think is even Christian. It's uh, This was in the uh, Wall Street Journal in the print edition. So this is like a real legit article. Um, where the person says that parents who are atheists should lie to their children and say that they believe in God because it's so good for people's emotional um, and mental health to believe in God. Brothers and sisters, we need to get the gospel out. And we have to evangelize every creature. And I'm so convicted. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm so convicted of the amount of times that I don't evangelize. Um, I gave somebody a tract uh, at Starbucks the other day. Uh, a guy that worked there, and he thanked me. It wasn't wasn't really that awkward um, because I had talked to him earlier, you know, just about what he was studying in college and stuff like that. And so the thing I gave him was related to what he said. So it was actually kind of cool how God worked it out. But it takes so much courage. Like we need to pray for opportunities and we need to pray for courage. But we also need to live in the reality that Jesus will put all things under his feet. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord. And I've heard it this way, and you might not like this, but uh, I think it's very true. The knees that don't bow will eventually bow, but they won't be bowing because they're worshiping God, worshiping Christ. 
they'll be bowing because they have to. In a sense, God will break their legs. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Brothers and sisters, the world, are, they are not our enemies, so to speak. They are our field. And we need to plant seeds. We need to love them. So I am preaching love in this. And if you love somebody, you're going to tell them that Jesus died for their sins. That he is ruling and reigning over the universe. And that God has put all things under his feet. And that they need to turn. They need to repent from their sins and believe in him as Lord. And part of that also is calling out false gospels. I know there's family and friends that probably won't even listen to this podcast anymore. But guys, the Pope is an antichrist. He is an antichrist. There are many antichrists. Uh, John tells us so in 1 John that have gone out into the world. I believe that's in John. Um, <clears throat> we're not just looking for one figure, uh, depending on what your end times. And I'm, like I said, I'm not really into the whole end times thing uh, these days uh, because I think that the dispensational view is just... It, it's, it doesn't give us the mindset that we're supposed to have as Christians, and I don't think it really reflects Scripture all that well. Um, but I'm not here to debate that. Um, but and this, play, this goes back to what I said about optimism and pessimism. If Jesus is ruling and reigning over the universe, and he's been given all authority, what are we afraid of? We don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't need to be afraid of anything. And we are still under the covenants that God has given previously. So we still have a responsibility to take care of the earth that Adam did and take care of animals. And so this whole mindset of current Christians that, oh, I'm just waiting for the rapture and let everything else burn is unscriptural. Uh, regardless of whether you think that God's going to destroy everything, um, I'm not sure that that's really how scripture reads uh, on end times. Uh, but uh, regardless of, how, of what you think that says, we are still living in this age, brother and sister. And we are supposed to take care of the earth. And we're supposed to infuse as much good and grace as we can into things. Um, so I mentioned public schools. Uh, Christians, if you're going to teach, why not teach at a public school? It's going to be hard, I can tell you as a teacher that teaches at a public school. And I'm not saying don't teach at a private school. I'm just saying don't rule it out. Um, just because you can't talk about God, you will have to make some stands. Uh, you, there will be some times when you'll have to decide, I'm not going to do that. You know, um, there, there, there are teachers that they had these uh, you know, rainbow flags available. And there are teachers that grabbed one and stick them in the room. And I didn't. And, uh, yeah, so far I haven't gotten in trouble for it. <laughs> now, did I not stick the rainbow flag in my room because I'm anti-gay uh, or homophobic or something like that? No, no, not at all. Um, the rainbow is a sign of the promise of God and how his grace uh, will save us from judgment. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to personally... Um, display the symbol in a different way. I'm just not going to do it. Um, so that's a sticking point for me. 
Um, and, and you'll have your stick. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put you under my conscience. I mean, you have your own conscience and you're, you know what scripture says. And I know I'm kind of all over the place, but once again, I think that's the strength of this podcast. I'm just bearing my heart and telling you, evangelize, tell your children about God and believe it. Don't, if you find yourself being an atheist, you need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You need to do it right now. You need to stop the car, pull over, repent of your sins, and turn to Christ. He's the only salvation. God has left his stamp upon the world. Even people who don't know God are saying, just lie to your kids because they can't take the stress of nihilism. Nihilism is not true. Atheism is not true. We didn't come from nothing. Um, if you believe that atheism is true, if you believe that there is no God, then please don't tell your family that you love them. Don't tell your family that you love them because that's a lie too. You don't believe in love. You believe in chemical reactions in your brain. And I really apologize that I'm being so direct, but I have to be. There is not enough time, dear friend. There's not enough time. One of these days, it's going to come sooner than you know it. Either you or someone you love is going to die. And death brings all things into perspective. And it brings what you believe to a head. And if you've lived your life with a fist at God, the irony is you say that God doesn't exist, but you raise your fist at him. You hate him. How can you hate a God that doesn't exist? doesn't make sense. Why are you so afraid of religion if, it, if it's just a fairy tale? People don't get afraid of fairy tales. If you're a Christian, we have to find a radical way to share the gospel. And I know radical is a bad word. Radical has been radicalized, so I'm not speaking of anything violent or hateful or anything like that. I'm saying share the gospel with the person who gives you your coffee. Um, I've got an episode called Lady with the Cross where I talk about that. Share the gospel with somebody today. If, if you can't, uh, pray that God will give you an opportunity tomorrow. And keep praying that every day. And guess what? He will give you opportunities. Um, so the other thing is, if your child goes to a public school, and I teach public school, so I'm not against it, okay? Be aware of what's going on in the schools. Um, especially high school, there's so much stuff being passed off as sex education. It's just crazy. And then in middle school, there is so much uh, mental health type education um, that leaves God out. So you need to have conversations with your children and you need to uh, evangelize your children and tell them about the gospel. Um, but yeah, if, if your kids go to public school, please tell them to talk about God. They can talk about whatever they want. If your kid loves Jesus, teach them how to share the gospel. They're not going to do it if you don't do it. They're going to think, I can't talk about God in public school. And you know what? That might be true about teachers, but it's not true about students. Students can talk about whatever they want. They are not going to get in trouble. They have freedom of speech. Encourage them to share the gospel with their friends because... Teachers can't do it. There's not really a way for teachers to do it unless there's a club where that kind of goes on. Um, and lastly, I know I brought up Catholicism, and I'll just say Catholicism, Mormonism, Eastern Orthodoxy, they're not the gospel. Um, 
I love everybody that's in those groups. Um, I think that there are true Christians scattered about in various uh, different different sects. Um, so I don't condemn heretics like, uh, you know, some of those groups do. <laughs> I think that, you know, they're not, not all of them are heretics. A lot of them love Jesus. But we have to make a stand on the gospel. Uh, both in religious settings and non-religious settings, we need to share the gospel with people. That's all the time I got. I'm sorry this is a crazy podcast, but I love you. Let's get out there and share Jesus. Bye.